This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. This week, I had my first of five observations for my alternative certification program. And that is in addition to what I will have for the school. So I'll have a total of seven observations over the uh, over this year, and there's um, this is the first of those. And so I had a little, you know, little stress getting ready for all of that, making sure that I have everything um, ready to go, so that everybody knows what they're doing, so um, that they can observe me and all that sort of stuff. Um, but also, I was getting my students ready for their first test, their first chemistry test. And um, so for those chemistry people out there, um, probably one of the more difficult parts of this section was um, calculating the average atomic mass. Sounds good, right? Sounds awesome. Yeah, so there's, there's uh, some calculations, which means there is math in there. And so, yeah, they had fun. Um, but, but that was another part of it that just made this a little bit more hectic than usual. Um, and then it was also my dad's 75th birthday on Friday. Uh, so happy birthday to my dad. Um, but also towards the end of the day on Friday, I was really looking forward to go uh, and spend some time with my, with my dad and you know our boys and, and Laura, we were just gonna go spend some time over there. Um, but I also experienced a little bit of food poisoning. Uh, so just to kind of add it in right there at the end of the week and the end of the day. Um, so yesterday I was still kind of recovering from that, but all is good. All is good. I say all that because it was a very busy week, and it was a short week, and it just means that more stuff was crammed, in, crammed into a shorter um, period of time. But I'm trying to get to know my students as best I can, and I have over 160 of them, so it's a lot. It is a lot. But I try my best to get to know them. But then that made me think about whenever we get to know people, whenever we meet people for the first time, we might have a conversation that begins with exchanging of names, maybe who we know, and then eventually we get to that question of what do you do, and maybe in parentheses, for a living. What do you do for a living? And so with that information, we're supposed to get to know this person a little bit better. But I'm not sure that that adequately represents us trying to get to know this person on a deeper level. So true confession time. Whenever I'm asked that question, I kind of look forward to that. And at least I have for, for a while. When people ask me, what do you do? I look forward to that um, because, you know, a while back I was able to say, well, I'm a campus minister and I serve at San Antonio College. I serve at UTSA, and I serve at um, Trinity University. That's during the week. And then on Sundays, I lead worship at Christ Fellowship, United Methodist Church. And then so when people hear all that, they're like, wow, how do you do all that? And I, I guess I get a little puffed up a little bit whenever I, I, I'm able to say that, and they're like, wow, that's awesome. And the, the truth is that I kind of take a little bit of pride in that. Because here's what I, what I don't want. I don't want people to think that I do nothing or that I'm lazy or anything like that, that I'm 
doing something, that I'm contributing to society, that I, I have some worth. And somehow I'm able to do all of this. And, and this is not new for me. It's something that's kind of been in my life. Because whenever I was a student at UTSA, I was working 39 hours as a pharmacy tech at uh, Walgreens. And I was, you know, studying for, you know, biology, that sort of stuff. So that takes a lot of time. It was 17 hours there. And then somehow I was able to spend time with my friends and then my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Um, and somehow I was able to do all of that. And then when I, whenever I told people that, they're like, wow. How do you do all of that? And the truth is, at least in part, like I said, I wanted them to think that I was a hard worker. And never, never did I want them to, to look at me and look at what I did and see anything less, right? I wanted, I didn't want lazy to ever come out of their mouth about me. And I'm not sure why this is the case, but I, I felt like somehow doing all of these things gave me a little bit more worth or more value as a person. But however, in my studies and trainings of how to improve as a communicator and also as a leader, I came across a much better question to ask whenever you're introducing yourself to, to a person or they're introducing themselves to you. In that conversation, instead of asking, what do you do for a living? What if you asked, and think about this too, if you had no responsibilities for the day, and the day was free to do with as you wish, how would you spend that day? Think about it. How would you spend that day? And can you see how this might shift, completely shift the conversation and really allow us to begin to get to know one another on a much deeper level compared to the fact that maybe you told me that you're in finance or maybe you told me that you're an engineer or maybe I told you that I'm involved in so many different things in a short amount of time. See, we see past, with this question, we see past what one does and how hard one might work and then start to see and place more value and importance in who they are and maybe even who they want to be. So this week we begin the series entitled Clean Break, Breaking from Bad Theology Before It Breaks You. And so within there, I, I kind of wanted to, to start with, instead of clean break, I want to do like Breaking Bad or something like that. But I know there's connotations with that, and so we just went with clean break. But with that said, I think it's really important for us to, to really look at and examine our theology and make sure that we're heading in the right direction, make sure that we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. And so today we, we see what wisdom we can glean and what truth we might speak into the lives, into our lives by examining the 10th chapter of Luke's gospel and the familiar story about two sisters. So the background about Luke's gospel and this particular part of Luke's gospel is this. There's two stories back to back about seeing and not seeing. And in the first story found in Luke chapter 10 verses 25 through 37, Jesus answers 
the lawyer's question of what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then later on, he asks that question, who is my neighbor? And he answers both of these things, kind of sandwiched in between there, of, with, a, with a good Samaritan parable. And we know that one. That's a familiar one to us. We, we know what we're supposed to do and not supposed to do, right? But the second story comes right after that of seeing and not seeing with the maybe all too familiar story when it comes to the way of the story about two sisters, Mary and Martha. So here in these words, the very word of God. Starting in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, as opposed to everything that happened before now, as they went on their way, and let me back up by saying they is the disciples and Jesus, as they went on their way, he, Jesus, entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. And then you know this next part. But Martha was distracted. That's a good word. Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him, Jesus, and asked him, Lord, do you not care? Well, that's, that's a bold question right there, talking to Jesus, right? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me, sounds pretty dramatic, has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her. She's demanding Jesus to say this. Tell her then to help me. Okay, so I know that, that Martha always gets a bad rap in the story. And before we go any further, I think there's a couple of things that we need to take into account. First of all, Mary's busyness indicates many guests and also her work was not only hospitable, but it was actually a cultural norm. It was a poor cultural part of hospitality. She was supposed to do that. And the second thing is her complaint is actually a reasonable one. But this, my friends, is another example of one person seeing and the other person not seeing. This is another example of one person putting more importance and worth on what they are doing and accomplishing like wearing a badge of honor, a badge of courage. But instead, instead of agreeing with Martha, Jesus takes a different perspective on this, a different approach, and he speaks truth into lives, including ours. In verse 41, he says this, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. So before we go any further, let me, let me say this. Whenever you see words like this, Martha, Martha, or Moses, Moses, or something like that, it's kind of like saying Martha, like with the exclamation point. I'm getting your attention. Whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing and listen. Martha, or Johnny, or 
whatever you know your name is Jesus is trying to get your attention Jesus is trying to get our attention Martha you are worried and distracted by many things there is need of only one thing see the opposition here you are distracted by many things but there is only one thing there's only need of one thing Mary has chosen the better part which will not be taken away from her and so we like Martha are more worried now and distracted now than we have ever been before we might pride ourselves on multitasking but the truth really is that we can only concentrate on one thing at a time and so I mean I know um, not to stereotype or anything like this but I, I have seen my mother do this as well but she's doing like 50 million things at one time and I and I'm and I'm kind of in awe of how she can do all those things but the thing is we can't neurologically do so many things at one time, more than one thing at one time. It's like looking over here at the organ, but then also looking over here at this side of the piano at the same time. We can't really do that. We have to shift our focus from place to place. So this is like what we're trying to do. We're trying to do too much. We can only focus on one thing. And so that one thing should be a good thing, should be that one thing that Jesus is talking about here. And so, whenever we see this, instead of being distracted and preoccupied by many things, Jesus is actually offering us some grace. He's offering us some mercy and a chance to choose freedom with Him. For there is need of only one thing. This is what we are actually created for, each and every one of us. So, that one thing is what Mary is doing. Mary is at the feet of Jesus, hanging on every word, seeing what she can glean from the wisdom that he's speaking, because she knows that those words are life-giving. She knows that those words can heal her. She knows that those words can redirect her. She knows that those words are more than just words. They are truth. And so if we prioritize and we think of that one thing, Jesus should be that one thing. Jesus should be at the top of all of our priorities. After all, he is our Lord and our Savior, and this is his rightful place in our lives. This way, Jesus' way, leads us back to life, back to amazement, back to wonder, See yourself there, not cleaning up everything, not, not getting stuff ready, but, but taking time to be holy, taking time out of your day, making time, carving out time, however you want to say it, and sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to everything he has to say and hanging on every word as if it was air that you were breathing. This is the way that leads to life, to amazement, to wonder, 
This is a way that frees us for joyful obedience. This is the way that leads us to the one real truth that is found in Jesus. This is a way that leads us to that real truth, to our real value, to our real worth. For Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through Him. And so the question for us, for all of us, really isn't whether we should put Jesus first or at the center of our lives or not. That's not really the question. But the question should be, what could it look like? What could life look like if that was true? If we actually put Jesus first, what would it look like in our lives? Because let's face it, honestly, let's face it. Unless we begin to picture that, unless we see ourselves in our lives doing that, this is really just words. This is just something that we aspire to, but we might never get around to it. We might sneak it in at the bottom of our to-do list. And it really would never see the light of day because we have all these other things on top of that. And so like Martha, this is your chance to reevaluate your entire life and where you put the most importance and worth. So I know it's easier said than done. I know that. I struggle with this myself. But what is your plan? How are you going to put Jesus first every day? If you were a busy person with so much to accomplish, how can you put Jesus at the top of your list? Because I'm going to be honest with you, if you have this big to-do list and you put Jesus at the top, great, that's a good place to start. But don't cross off that you've spent time with Jesus and go on to the next thing and say, all right, I'm done. I don't have to do that anymore. Because that's not what it's about. It's not about adding Jesus to your list of to-dos. It's really not about that, but seeing that your whole life is supposed to be spent with Jesus and you add those other things to your time with Jesus. It's not meant to be crossed off. Spending time with Jesus is something that needs to be part of your daily life and at the top of your priorities at all times. Jesus is not something that we can just squeeze into. We can't squeeze him into our lives and just say, all right, I'm going to um, squeeze you in, Jesus. Uh, I think I can do maybe between 3 and 3.02, um, and then you'll be good there, uh, but then I'll go on with my way. No, that, that's not how it works. Jesus is our life, and we add other things and tasks to our life, not the other way around. And I know this might sound difficult to accomplish and maybe even a little unrealistic. And I, and I realize it sounds like that. But devise a plan, create a plan that works for you in your life. Because as my dad always says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You might have heard that before, but that always sticks with me. So I'm going to ask you again, what is your plan? How are you going to put Jesus at the top, at the center, and all around in your life? How are you going to spend time with Jesus? Because that is your why 
as we talked about before. Spending time with Jesus is where you find, where we find our worth, our value, our identity, and yes, even our power. So my challenge to you is this. The next time that you are in a conversation with somebody that you just met for the first time, ask them not what do you do or what do you do for a living, but ask him that question. If you didn't have any responsibilities for the day and you could do anything, how would you spend your time? Now, this might help you get to know that person on a deeper level and being able to connect with them. And it might show that you value more what they want to do, not what they actually do for a living, but who they are. You value that more than what they do. And be ready. Be ready for them to ask you the same question in response. And when they do ask you that question, my hope and my prayer is that we would be able to respond with all sincerity with the need for that one thing, sitting at the feet of Jesus, hanging on his every word, being there present with Jesus in awe and wonder and receiving that wisdom as we receive breath to feed our lives. And may we, like Mary, choose the better part, which will not be taken away from us. May we choose the way that leads to life. May we choose Jesus. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.